Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. Marcus Molitzas, founder of the blog DailyCoast.com, has engaged libertarians and Democrats in a lively debate about whether a new species of libertarian Democrat is emerging within the Democratic Party. His essay, along with responses by Bruce Reed, Harold Meyerson, and Nick Gillespie, are available for your reading pleasure this month in Cato's online magazine, Cato Unbound. Today, in part one of a two-part interview, Coase lays out what it means to be a libertarian Democrat. Without nitpicking about every issue in which there is disagreement, we can probably safely say that an alliance with either party is deeply flawed. Why is one with Democrats less so? Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, I consider myself a pragmatic person, and I assume that a lot of libertarians are as well. And they're going to have to make a decision which party is more committed to personal liberties than the other. And it's not a question of who's going to pander to libertarians more. I think it's a question of, from a practical perspective in a two-party system, one party has to, by definition, be better for personal liberties than the other. Now, which party is that going to be? At this point, I'd argue that it's the uh, Democratic Party. Some people may disagree. But ultimately, that's the, I think that's the ultimate calculation that most people are going to have to make. Can you convince libertarians that a vote for Democrats is not a vote for big government? I don't think I have to necessarily convince libertarians of that. I think we've seen, and Cato has done some groundbreaking research on this, that the current Republican administration and Republican Congress have grown the size of government bigger, and this is non-discretionary, non-defense spending, bigger than anybody since FDR's era. A lot of Democratic administrations in that time span that have not been as disastrous on the issue of big government as this current administration. So the question is, is one of these parties less big government? If you look at recent history, you look at Bill Clinton and the way he actually managed to keep government spending in check relative to other administrations before and after. You know, it's not a perfect situation if you're a true libertarian, but you got to look who has a better track record on those issues. And right now, it's very, very clear that Republicans have absolutely, completely abandoned any notion of smaller government. In his response essay, Harold Myerson writes that economic libertarianism has never been more preposterous. But is it? If Democrats insist on that, they're not being serious about an alliance with libertarians. Uh, just a couple of things. I mean, the fact is that economic libertarianism isn't plain politically. I mean, nobody's really won on that issue anytime recently. So I'm not sure what Harold Meyerson was alluding to politically or philosophically. I'm not sure. I'm not going to speak for him. But at the end of the day, the fact is that we're not pandering to libertarians. When I talk about being a libertarian Democrat, I don't mean how am I going to try to frame liberalism in a way that appeals to libertarianism. What I'm saying is this is a philosophy that appeals to a lot of Democrats that is on the rise in places like Montana and the Mountain West and Virginia and Ohio and is going to be a force moving forward in a Democratic Party. Now, if traditional libertarians want to align with that because it's a more politically viable form of libertarianism, that's great. I welcome them. But I'm not going to sit there and try to adjust or frame to try to attract people who don't want to be with us at the end of the day, it's a two-party system. They're going to have to make up their minds which party is more committed to the things they care about and which one isn't. And personally, I think that libertarian Democrats are very much a force to be reckoned with, a rising force in the party, and should present a fairly welcome place for libertarians, if not perfect. And it's never going to be perfect for true libertarians. Now, the Cato Institute just released a study called The Libertarian Vote by David Bowes and David Kirby. Do you think that this study lends evidence to your thesis? 
I don't know, to be honest. I mean, it lent credence to the thesis that Republicans are losing the libertarian vote. That much is clear. Now, how much of those libertarians that are voting Democratic are doing so because they think Democrats are better? I don't know. I would suspect that a huge portion of those are actually voting Democratic because they have realized that the best way to keep government spending in check is to have divided government. And I don't think there's any doubt that dividing government is going to absolutely slow down the rate of growth. So it may be a more practical calculus than an ideological one. Now, as libertarian Democrats emerge and they rise in stature and power and influence inside the Democratic Party, maybe some of those people will decide, well, this is a much friendlier, happier place for somebody like me than the Republicans. And then they may start voting Democratic on ideological grounds. But right now, I would suspect that a lot of those people are not doing so on ideological grounds. I would suspect that they're doing so on more practical grounds. So whose races should libertarians be watching this fall? Well, it's clear that the current Bush administration and Republican Congress are not going to do anything that's even remotely of interest to libertarians, from civil liberties to social liberties to the size of government. I mean, this administration is absolutely a disaster all around. So I think at the very least, if we're going to talk practical, cold-hearted political calculus, Libertarians should be really rooting for a Democratic takeover of Congress. But as far as the races I'm excited about as a Libertarian Democrat, there's three main races. Actually, there's more, but three big ones. One of them is the Montana Senate race, where you have John Tester. And this guy is absolutely fantastic. He's being attacked by the incumbent Republican Conrad Burns for essentially being a small government Democrat. He was attacked for wanting to weaken the Patriot Act. And John Tester in the debate responded... Conrad, I don't want to weaken the Patriot Act. I want to end it. So this is a kind of fealty to small government, to personal liberties, that really kind of gets me excited about being a Democrat and about the direction that our party is going to be headed if enough of these people win. So John Tester in Montana, you have Jim Webb, who's a former Reagan Navy secretary in Virginia. He's also a Democrat. He's providing a really stiff challenge to George Allen. And then there's a couple of House races. I mean, you have Gary Trowner, who's running for the House in Wyoming, of all places, and getting a lot of traction. You have a guy named Larry Grant that's running in Idaho. You have Scott Cleve, who's running in Nebraska. So you have these Democrats that are running in really heavily Republican districts and are gaining a lot of traction because they are more committed to such notions of smaller government and less intrusion in our personal lives than the Republicans that they're running against. Stay tuned Monday for part two of Cato's interview with Marcos Molitzas, where we iron out the kinks of Coase's intriguing theory.